0: What is up everybody? Welcome to another episode of YALA! Uh. Ooh, it has been a while. I mean, uh we've been we've had a past few busy busy days, busy mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of but, people were asking yeah. us why we
1: we we haven't jumped on the the big the U word, uh, the U
0: word that is has everyone talking right now. The umbrage, the umbrage trainer. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. The umbrage train because yeah. because we we are a podcast that that dives into the weekly hottest news and current affairs with mm. a touch of what Terence, touch of humor, yeah. And yes. even though we didn't jump into some hot topics last week with a touch of humor over the podcast, we most definitely did on stage. Mm. Uh, I think we're just gonna we're just gonna spend
1: the next few minutes just tooting our own horns so <laughs> yeah to our own if you're not big fans you might want to skip it but if you're fans we want you to listen to this yeah, yeah please, because yeah, wax lyrical about your own performance
0: because last week was actually the first time that terence and i did stand-up comedy uh mm. not just in front of a of a live audience i mean we did an open mic the week before but on may 6 7 and 8th uh, we had three shows and we performed to at least 100 people per night Doing stand-up comedy for the first fucking time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and
1: how was the experience for you?
0: I mean, it was it was eye-opening, man. I've always had a lot of respect for stand-up comedians, but now I think I have even more respect because it is not easy, man. Mm-hmm. It is the, not easy. And to clarify, we
1: I mean we were went there branded as Ministry of Funny. So we did yeah. do uh we did do a five minute sketch kind of if uh, five minute skit. And uh yeah, but after that we did yeah, solo five minutes each as well. La. Yeah, so and the a, only prep we had. Yeah, I the mean, prep the, the, prep we we had, there was a there was still something for people who wanted to see us as a, a
0: duo, or so that right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah, it it was, it was super cool because it was done at the drama center at the National Library Building. It is a seven hundred seater capacity, I believe, and. On Thursday and Friday, it was limited to 200 people. But then when on Saturday, when the restrictions kicked in, it was capped at 100. Mm. So that means some people actually had to be refunded. But that also means that we sold out a fucking show, man. Yeah and of I mean. course, it wasn't just us. Yeah. Uh, we were lucky enough to share the stage with other stand-up comedians like Sam C., Deepak Chandra, um, Orion Perez, and uh, Gurmeet Singh. Mm.
1: So also, yeah, I mean, it's not just stand-up comedians. It's, I mean, Gurmeet is practically like Singapore legend, right? When it comes to yeah, yeah the comedy scene, maybe not standout comedy, but but definitely, yeah, just comedy. Yeah. yeah, just comedy in general. You would think Gurmit is like up there, lah. So so but, it was it's was... quite it's quite surreal for me, lah. To to that our first ever, <laughs> our first ever like paid uh, live gig, yeah, that we, that we didn't organize ourselves, uh, yeah. that we come as personalities is alongside yeah. you know Gurmit Sing as well. La. It is quite a shock it, to me, yeah.
0: Because because we have I mean even for Sam C and Deepak Chandra who have done stand up comedy for years, mm. um because the reality is if you are a stand up comic, um generally you do a lot of open mics, uh for five minutes then you get a chance to do a five minute uh, opener for maybe a bigger comedian at their own show and then you work your way up right and we are so thankful that, I mean we have put in the work in online videos, uh but stand up comedy we are admittedly very new but to be to be kind of invited to this sort of event is fucking amazing. And yeah. to to all our friends and, and supporters who showed up and even people who never knew us before but came fucking thanks a lot, man.
1: Yeah, I mean I I I yeah, I'm not gonna say whether our performances were were up to par or anything like that. But just being in the same room with these fellas, right, who who live and mm. breathe comedy every day, uh, and just yeah. watching them do their craft, uh, or do their thing, like whether or not it's a uh, like like I mean like uh, one of them does accents, the others uh, then Gurmit Singh I mean he is Gurmit Singh right so it's all very different varied forms of comedy and just watching each of them do their own thing I was just so thankful you know because this is like yeah. the first time in a long time as an adult where I actually felt like I wanted to learn you know I, I really wanted to just soak in everything that everyone any piece of advice anyone could give la. Uh, yeah, I, I've yeah. not had that feeling for quite a while uh, that's the truth huh? and, and so, so, so this so, was really quite something for me yeah
0: so, so what was your original overall thoughts uh, for those three days? Because we literally did a very similar sketch. Uh, we tweaked along the way, but even mm-hmm. our own stand-up sets, we tweaked along the way, but essentially we were doing the same thing three days in a row to different audiences. Uh. Yeah, and what yeah. were some of the epiphanies you had? Uh? Uh,
1: no, I mean, I'll be honest, when we first started this whole thing, right? Last week, I was half hoping that COVID would, would, would cause the whole thing to be called off, la. You know, it's the kind of thing in your mind when you're preparing for a very big contest or fight or whatever that, or, or yeah, competition, then you just like, hey, you know, maybe cat one or something like that, it will cancel or whatever. Like, or, you know, you're about to run your IPBT <laughs> even though you've trained very hard for it, everything. Like. Um, uh, uh, uh. That, that was part of going through my mind. Uh, and then closer to the day, then I realized, oh shit, it's, I mean, regardless of whatever restrictions come in, uh, I don't think the event itself will be cancelled. It might be modified in some ways, but not cancelled. Then I was like, okay. Yeah, then we got to, we got to make this work. Uh, and then, then, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, See, I think, now you take, now you saying, now you telling me that
0: basket. <laughs> yeah, now I'm telling you because <laughs> I fuck? mean, there were there
1: were nerves. Uh, there were nerves. Uh, for sure. So so yeah yeah. So why I I really sincerely mean when like um a, as you approach your mid. 30s and everything, you start getting that that general like uh aversion to learning new stuff. La, which I which I told you before is something that I, I admire in you, la, right. That, that you mm. can just drop everything and then be like a noob, be a noob in the room and then not feel embarrassed about it. La, right? So mm-hmm. so so for me that has I haven't had that feeling in a while. But this time, like the standard thing, I just felt like you know, I'm a complete noob, but this is so awesome. I need to learn because it's such an opportunity, la. yeah Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So oh, that's, that's, that's
0: awesome. what went through my mind. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that. last week that I was because we we, re, we didn't even rehearse our sketch in person. No? The first time yes. we <laughs> re- did our sketch face to face was in front of 120 paying customers. Correct, we correct. were rehearsing yeah. over WhatsApp, we were rehearsing over that. And I mean, yeah, I mean, to me, the whole process of performing in front of audience uh, what blew my mind because I mean, I think. When I first started out acting in front of a camera, like let's say for the HBO show or for our own show, I was very nervous. But now, thankfully, I've done it enough where I feel very comfortable. Mm, but mm. on stage, you can't just deliver the lines. You yep. can't just say what you prepare because you have to build off the crowd. Like you have to feed off the crowd, and mm. and that was one of the biggest realizations uh for me over the three days. And also that you need to have fun because if you're not having mm. fun, if you're not, ner- if you're nervous, right, the crowd is going to feel nervous. It's yeah. very weird weird thing like I mean every one of us has probably done a presentation in front of uh, like work your bosses and all but to do stand up comedy and to be just there trying to entertain the crowd is fucking is 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 it's hard to describe lah. but I Correct. think yeah it's it's almost if, if yeah the most important thing, if you laugh at your own jokes people will laugh with you which is so weird yeah it's weird in the sense that um,
1: even for giving a presentation a lot of it is about exuding confidence right about not Mm-hmm-hmm. missing a beat and everything, but sometimes stand-up comedy is it requires you to, to 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 be very negative. It requires you to almost be like the most annoying person in the room. Uh, yeah, and there's that, another kind of a confidence it requires, like right, the, the confidence yeah. of 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 even if you look stupid, you don't feel it at all, like, right? Um yeah. So so it's it's switching off certain kinds of filters in your brain that you you never knew existed until you actually realize, oh, your job is to make people real think that you are the most annoying person in the world right now, like the most whiny bitch in the world. And mm. and that's okay because that's part of the act. La. So so I would say, I would venture to say it's different from giving a presentation because uh, you and I, we've given so many presentations. Like even last week, yeah. we were literally teaching a class and then everything like that, la, right? And yeah, yeah. that is a totally different skill set from this. Uh. So that's why uh, yeah. I was so um impressed when I was talking to some comedians backstage and then they seem like one kind of person. Then when they go on stage, suddenly it's a whole different persona. And then, then you realise, mm-hmm. oh shit, it's all it's all calculated.
0: Yeah, it's all calculated. And I think it's a lot like I mean, I I think like uh, the first night, yeah, like was uh we were all warming up, we were all uh getting used to it then I think for me the second night I think it went the best for me and then mm. I got a little too confident and then the third night I was nervous mm. so it was mm. just and and I think you ended strong right
1: I mean I, I think I think I was tweaking all along for first the second second the third yeah
0: Yeah, so, so I was volatile la. fucking just volatile <laughs> again la. <laughs> So right, then right. you had the, you had the the, the, the you know, the grounded, like the, the, the more, the, the grounded stoicness uh. no, no, yeah, so, yeah. But I was like, after the second night, I felt like I was on top of the world, man. Like because, I could fucking conquer the world.
1: Because I think the difference is that you you care a lot more about what people, how people react to you, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's just a, it's just a small nuance that makes a big difference, uh, yeah. Yeah, it does. Whereas because I think- Day three yeah. was the, because of COVID restrictions, it had the fewest people. And and to me that I mean it didn't matter because I was still just working on the same essentially the same set, lah, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's more that I don't I am still trying to dissect what happened on the third day, but the biggest thing is like I think the one one beautiful thing about standout comedy is when you talk to comics, when you read up about like the greatest comic artist Everything is like a work in progress. Uh. Mm-hmm, and correct, I think correct. philosophically that's also a very cool thing because I think everyone has this idea that you come to this performance and like like your Broadway show, you know, every day is meant to be the same fucking thing. Mm. Of course there are tweaks and all, but with stand up comedy is like this evolving thing where you can say the same thing on two separate days and do fucking well one day and do shit the other. Uh. Yeah. So
1: And I think the other yeah, interesting so was, thing that I learned from the other comics is uh how they read the crowd as well. Like, yeah. like a lot of them had their notebooks open before going on stage, and they were, you know, uh, rearranging the order of their jokes and stuff like that, just based on, based on what they were hearing about the crowd from the previous comedians before them and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of uh, analyzing how the crowd is as well, uh. But I I think one mm. one I think uh, we, you and I need to shout out is to our respective partners also, like, because. Um, I think they've bore the brunt of of hearing our half big jokes yes. for the past week, <laughs> the past week or so. I uh, think my girlfriend can do my set already. Exactly, and she even came down <laughs> yeah. every day to support you yeah, and yeah, give you feedback yeah. every day, and even give me feedback as well. And uh, yeah. then the, when my wife went as well, she also managed to give me and Harish both feedback as well. So uh, yeah. all, all that little little bit of feedback really helps you to to mold what your final act is, lah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so so I guess the the million dollar question is: Are you gonna are you gonna try stand up again, Terence? No, it's interesting. It's interesting, but uh, yeah. I mean, definitely,
1: if if all this COVID shit gets away, then there's there's opportunities. I know we jumped the queue quite a bit, uh, in this process, and I'm totally cognizant of that. But I I also hope to have more chances to to just try it out, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I definitely want to try. I definitely want to try. So, yeah, so yeah, to yeah. all of you all listening, there's definitely going to be a future show, you yeah. know. So, who knows when that's going to happen? Yeah, uh, in that's the meantime, the tricky thing. Uh. It, it, it was quite surreal, yeah. like the last day. Everyone's just like, "Well, you know, what's
1: what's up next?" We're not sure, you know, because yeah. COVID. What's and up yeah, next? Yeah, and then I think news came out of like Victoria School being half shut down and stuff like that. So we we're like, "Ah, okay lah, we'll
0: just wait and see, love. Yeah. Yeah, but but in the meantime, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world. Yes. Um, in Singapore. In media, in mm. Singapore media, mm. um, and I mean, I guess there was so many opportunities for us to talk about this over the past few days, but we spoke about it on stage. Yeah. But now, uh, there are new developments. Mm. So, what is the big thing we're going to be talking about, man? Is uh,
1: Singapore Press Holdings, the number mm. one print? I mean, the only print. Uh, number one, number gen- one, or number one, <laughs> number one. <and laughs> the only print journal, uh, journalistic. Uh, uh, I don't know, publisher, journalist, uh, the only print Meet. publisher in Singapore, mm. la, right? Uh, it's restructuring from uh, from being a publicly listed uh, entity into a CLG, which is a, mm. a, a corporation limited by guarantee, right? Is it? Company, 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 company limited, limited by, by guarantee. Which essentially means it becomes a
0: non-profit la, that can accept yeah. public and private funds. Yeah, Yeah. So, so since then, there was that announcement uh, that came last week. Then there was that, of course, now well-known Umbridge inc- incident mm. uh, with the CEO of SPH. And then after that, there was news that, um, I mean, he apologized mm. um, in a very passive-aggressive kind of like, yeah, actually, actually, uh, uh, sorry, uh, before, not sorry, apology.
1: Uh, before we move on further, like, do you want to just quickly say what you think about the whole CEO Umbridge and apology thing? Because I think a lot of people were expecting us to talk about it in our previous yeah. podcast, but we ended up talking about something else. La.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we did make, make fun of it on stage, so at least that, that itch was scratched. But mm. I mean, I personally, when I saw the video, at first, uh, when he said, you know, I take Umbridge, I was like, okay, it's not that bad. Uh, but then as he went on and on, and you could see his lip quiver out of anger, and mm. just kind of get so fucking angsty at this one question, which I think is a legitimate question. Mm. I thought it was just a jackass move, la, and he was an asshole about it. Mm.
1: Yeah, I just thought that, uh, I think a lot of people... Came to his defense like Bertha Hansen, saying that oh mm. it was very unbecoming of the CNA reporter from a rival, uh. Do you know to uh, But but to me it's like, uh, I mean I don't think she was being particularly impolite or anything, and she's yeah. really to me she's she's in fact she's stating actually something that probably every Singaporean has on their mind regardless of it, whether you work for SCNA or SPH or whatever right. Mm. We we all we we I mean we all know that. The quality of, of journalism in street Times. And this are, this is a question that I would like to answer as well. Uh, uh yeah. and he chose not to, he chose to make it about CNA versus versus SPH or Media Corp versus SPH. And and the the the, the big thing to me was just the oh my my chairman's a gentleman, I'm not. Like to me it's like oh, what the fuck does that mean? Like he wants to what, get into a fist fight with her or something like that. <laughs> no he's like he's keeping it real, big.
0: he he's being savage, you know, he's he's saying it like it is. Yeah, I mean, this Lee Kuan Yew tactics, they don't work anymore in this day no, and age I mean la. On one hand, you can look at him as trying to defend his employees la, because he mm. did say that, you know, just by asking that question, you are kind of, it's an insult to all the journalists and editors out there yeah. which I can respect from a boss but there are ways to do it. La. And, and mm. the thing is, um, for you to just shit on her and uh just say how dare you right how dare you ask a question Mm. i i think i I take umbrage um it just reeked of like someone who is overly defensive over maybe like something that really is an issue like and it doesn't help Uh that he was someone who prior to becoming the ceo of sph he was the group president and chief executive of neptune orient lines which was a shipping company that ultimately, like bankrupt and got bought over by a French company that mm. turned them around in a year. Mm. Um, and he was a army general. Yeah. So it's that very similar kind of like, okay, retire from army, get put into Temasek and then this CEO role, then another CEO role. Yeah. So it was just like, and Sunny Liu had a brilliant, brilliant uh, comic. Right? Uh, comic, yeah. Fucking yeah. Sunny Liu. But that's similar. Awesome. That's,
1: that's, that's what it is long. Like. I mean, all my experiences... Talking to generals officially, like in the SAF, are all, are mm. all like this law. where they they basically have their heads up their asses and they don't uh, they just keep insisting that whatever they say is correct and they're not interested in any feedback from anyone because everyone's lower rank than them la.
0: Yeah, and you know, I didn't know ten thousand people signed a petition, man, to call for the dismiss for his dismissal. Yeah, I mean, look, okay, in hell, man. One, one
1: thing that's the truth is that maybe. Um, part of the reason that he was brought in also is to that, that, that uh, like, like similar to Neptune Orient Lines la. maybe part of mm. the idea was that they wanted in a few years to already uh, you know start to break down the assets of the group la, and do something do something drastic with it la, Right. so mm. usually there are guys who are I know in corporate world there are guys who are uh, more, more specially equipped for this kind of job la, basically uh, in the sense that, that it's not about turning the business around or anything like that already. It's more about like how to derive value for each piece of the business lah. Uh, in the yeah. sale. So maybe maybe he's the hatchet guy for this kind of job. You know, Bring him in and <laughs> he doesn't care about his name being soiled uh, as long as he just so, gets paid uh, his million dollar salary and then he just damn, damn, do it. Lah.
0: So you're saying he's brought in to basically fuck companies up and... Yeah. Yeah. Put drag them down to a point where they are either sold or dissolved. Or, or turned into or a non profit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is a whole
1: industry in itself. I mean, I used to work in an investment bank where where literally in times of when the economy is bad, there's a whole business called restructuring, which is about, you know, bankers coming together to look at pieces of the business and which part can be sold for how much and how much value they can get, you know, renegotiating mm. uh, interest rates and stuff like that. No? And it's a mm. it was a big business for the banks, you know. So so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that. Uh, that that's why I feel like uh, I can't, I mean, being outside, f- looking from outside in, I can't say for 100% certain that, that that he's a terrible, he's the worst CEO in the world for SPH because maybe this is essentially what SPH wants la, for him to so start tearing mm. down the walls and, and and start selling out piece by piece.
0: Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. yeah, so, so it's, it's weird. I mean, he's still, he's still CEO, right? Mm. Um. And, and I mean, okay. So so since then he apologized. Then there was an announcement that uh, there was a kind of a debate between Pritam Singh and Ishwaran, uh, the M- the MP in the PAP minister in Parliament yeah. about how how is this new CLG going to be funded? Is the government going to be providing funding to the CLG? And if that's the case, how will it remain impartial? Um, and then it was announced that like retired minister Kobun Hwan is now going to be the chairman of the CLG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it just feels okay so so maybe one thing that helped me kind of understand was was uh, a bit about or wrap my head around the whole thing was the reason why and the benefits of restructuring SPH and the implications and the consequences like, are you mm. are you familiar with why uh, a little bit but I think it's worth running through again now. yeah so so I mean essentially SPH SPH owns a shit ton of businesses, Mm, like they own property, they own, and the media business is just one arm of of SPH, like SPH media, uh, which oversees the current media businesses, SPH Print Center, SPH News Center, Target Media, SMX, Asia One, and DC Frontiers, I don't even fucking know what's SMX, but it's all SPH media, Mm, mm. so after this restructuring, what's going to happen is SPH media will be transferred to CLG, Mm. which will be the sole, Umbrella company that oversees SPH Media and mm. then everything else uh, will be under SPH. Mm, correct. Um, and, and by becoming a company limited by guarantee, it means that the CLG can now get funding not just from um, commercial or advertisers but also from grants and trust mm. funds and and the government. La. Mm-hmm. Right? Correct. So, so um, yeah. So, so the interesting thing is why this could have been done. Um, I mean, first of all, there is... I think SPH will be let's see here, uh, they will be selling their media related business for 110 million. Because mm. they're gonna be raising eighty million dollars of cash. And this is where I think the funding from the government and all might come in. Mm. Thirty million of SPH shares and the SPH uh read and because they are they have their properties and SPH's stake in four of its digital media investors. And then they will be sold for one dollar to the new company Limited by Guarantee, which sounds ridiculous, but it's actually mm. a thing that happens in the legal world. Uh. Yep, yep. Correct. Yeah. So some things that were interesting that uh, I chanced upon was, let's say the, the thing about, uh, there's actually a newspaper and printing presses act called the NPPA. Mm. Are you are you familiar with, with what, what the implication is? Uh, no, uh, yes, la, but go ahead. Yeah, Yeah. so essentially they say that no shareholder can hold more than 5% of a newspaper without approval from the government. So mm. when I read this, I was like, uh, okay, so what? But that just means that let's say SPH, there's some fucking uh, uh, private equity firm or something that wants to come in and buy 30% of SPH mm-hmm. because SPH owns the newspapers in Singapore if blackrock say for example owns 30% of sph blackrock essentially owns 30% of our newspaper which means they need approval from government mm. so by sph spinning out their media arm right mm. blackrock can now own 30% of sph because none of the other businesses have anything to do with the newspaper mm-hmm. got it got it yep. so yeah so that means it, i mean it can help sph become more commercially successful successful mm. for example it could help sph maybe sell their individual arms for profit Mm. So I had no idea of that, but I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So, so there, there's probably a whole bunch of other circumstances and, and consequences that arise from this restructuring, but it's not just because I think the common thing for me, I was like, oh, they're turning non-profit because they can't make a profit. Okay. So it's like, is that how you solve the problem? Mm But I think there are many other implications. That's why I'm getting it.
1: Yeah. I think as a, yeah, as a public conglomerate and, Everything they need to, they probably need to release or uh, remove the shackles that mm. being that that the printing press uh, imposes on them as a company. Yeah, uh, yeah. So plus the fact that yeah la, the the numbers look very bad every year in on there mm. at least in the past uh, three four years especially. The first time they yeah. they, they I think in twenty twenty was the first time they turned the, the loss la, right from the the media the media side of the business. Um, mm, mm, mm. But yeah la, so so it, it's. I guess the, and, and and actually if you watch S.S. Uh, Warren's speech in parliament, he lays mm. out the groundwork uh, quite comprehensively for why this makes sense. Uh, you know, and, and is looking at a larger global, um, globally what's happening in newspapers, especially the printed press, uh, is that yeah, like, advertising revenues are all dropping. Uh, a lot of newspapers have gone bankrupt uh the ones that have stayed afloat, a lot uh, a lot of them have also, you know, gone into alternative structures for funding, including like the mm. uh, Philadelphia Inquirer and, and 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 uh you know uh I mean like Washington Post was also bought up by Jeff Bezos and and mm. the South China Morning Post was also bought up by by uh different entities, right? So the 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 idea is that um yeah la, we we can't I think that we can't stay in the same position and do the same thing and expect any different results lah, for SPH for, for yeah, the straight yeah. Times. So for the yeah. survival of stress Times, probably they have to adapt to some new structure. Yeah. 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 So he lays it out actually quite quite uh I thought it was like well, quite a logical explanation of the current situations for newspapers. Um, whether or not SPH and he even he even lays out yeah, you know there are examples like New York Times and, and uh, Wall Street Journal they have managed to turn a profit from digital subscriptions and things like that but those mm. those are newspapers that have a much bigger readership than just within their own country la. and mm-hmm. it's the truth la. like uh, I mean for whatever reasons at the same time Singapore being a small country uh, I don't think that many people want to read The Straits Times as opposed to you know uh, a bigger uh, a newspaper from a bigger country like
0: so, yeah, yeah.
1: So actually there's a lot of logical uh underpinnings for what, what they're doing now. But what, so, what do you think so,
0: overall of, of what it means for straight times? Uh? I mean I think what it means for straight times, I, I I think I think before I get there, like you brought up the thing about Ishwaran and Pritam Singh, right? So mm. I think it's an interesting watch because Pritam started with like five questions about um, the editorial integrity or freedom of mm. of SPH, given it'll be under the CLG, and whether a new committee with Singaporeans can be formed to kind of determine what they want, mm. and I thought those were good questions to start with. But I thought the way where the conversations went on, I I think. The the points Pritham brought up to rebut Ishwaran, like you know, pulling up the nineteen ninety-seven clipping mm-hmm. of the new paper mm-hmm. and just using those two examples of the lien. So basically he pulled up the front cover of a nineteen ninety-seven edition of the new paper where it was ahead of the elections and the headline was kind of prescribing and being quite biased. Uh, mm. towards the opposition la. Mm. kind of telling people okay this is what you would get if you vote PAP which is all good stuff and this is what you get if you vote opposition so clearly yeah. not objective yep, yep, yep. and then he brought up the example of how earlier this year it was the lianhe He Zapao, the Chinese newspaper that published an article that asked some hard questions about the cabinet reshuffle while the mm. straight times one was just like kind of brushing it aside and being yeah. quite superficial la. so but when he brought that up I thought I thought the way Ischoran replied was a, like a good politician la. he mm. And I thought I thought that was where the point of the whole conversation, I don't think there was I personally didn't feel like there was anything that that came out of it because I think Ishwaran managed to rebut Pritham's point uh, validly. Lah. Because I mean, my, for me the biggest question is, is is anything gonna change? Mm-hmm. I don't know, because the crux of So the only thing I had thought what Pritham uh, what Ishwaran said was weird was he was quoting um these gov this service by YouGov and IPS that said you know 7 in 10 Singaporeans have complete trust in the broadcast and print media in Singapore mm. and this is what Singaporeans want and any questioning is doing a disservice to the journalists and editors mm. then I'm like hey fuck lah like is really is that am I the one who's disconnected from the general sentiment that people are happy with broadcast and print media because mm. i think mm. they are fucking shit lah
1: yeah i mean we we so, with the things that we is is has been consistent lah right in general. That, what do you mean? Uh, that they're shit? Are pretty, yeah. <laughs> it's been pretty really consistent that the quality isn't, hasn't been No, that, but, especially,
0: especially but that's before. the thing, right? Maybe, maybe they're like, you know like how when everyone is like, oh, you know, opposition, the PAP sucks and all, then come out election, okay la, there's it's still overwhelmingly PAP. Mm-hmm. Maybe straight times is also like that. You know, it was like, oh, straight times is shit, shit. But if people had to vote, mm. the straight times would be voted the best print media in Singapore la.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: because there's only one option, right? Yeah, like There's only <laughs> one option, <like. laughs> Uh I,
1: I think, and uh, I, I mean, there are a lot of layers that that Pritam was poking at, like, Right? Some of them are the very yeah. basic things, like what, what, how much is the government actually going to fund SPH with? Uh, yeah, asking for a pop-up yeah. figure, that Ishwaran, and Iswaran is saying, "Oh, of course, we can't give you a pop-up figure because we are we're working through numbers and we want to be exact about it," which is a silly argument to me, lah, like, but. I mean, anyone who knows about, like, negotiating budgets, that there's, that, that's the excuse that both sides will always give lah, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
0: But it was a good politician answer lah. It was it a good was, politician like, it was, answer. It's
1: like, it's like when we yeah. also, whenever we are asked to do something, then we ask for a budget, they will say,
0: you quote me, me first lah. <laughs> then you say, no, or no, but I need ask. to know what Bob <laughs> Park. <And> then, <laughs> <you know, laughs>
1: then it just goes back and forth, back and forth. That was what it sounded or like. We-
0: Oh when people ask you, hey Terrence, so how much you make ah, as a podcaster, slash YouTuber, slash filmmaker, mm-hmm. then then you'd be like, you know, the project project numbers change lah. You know, yeah, like depends. I cannot I cannot prematurely say how much I earned this year versus last year. Yeah, 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 It's <laughs> a very political answer. But but the other one was the
1: yeah. I think like the other topic lah, that that uh is is Sylvia Lim of Workers' Party also was asking oh, yeah. about. Is like she asked why, some good questions. Yeah, yeah, she asked why. Uh, why is Kobun One being uh, roped in as the chairman? Kobun One himself admits that he knows nothing about digital media. He never had a media portfolio. Um, yeah. So and then he used to be chairman of PAP. So if you want to talk about editorial integrity or that, why not? Why not put someone who is not P- so PAP affiliated as the chair as the chairman so that? Uh, or overseeing the whole thing so that there won't be people questioning like the integrity of, of the editorial integrity of the newspaper. Though. Uh yeah, I think that yeah. was a a very legit question. And if I mean if people say that, oh, we've got such people, then I, mean, I would say there's a lot of people out there where there's I mean Ho Kong Ping used to be a journalist. He's he's very highly regarded uh, you know, in whatever circles in, in politics and all. So yeah, I think yeah, there's exactly. more than enough people qualified to to oversee uh, this entity la, and then yeah getting someone who again like like the Dr. Lee Bunyang like who has zero mm. media experience again to try to help uh, uh this CLG through its 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 transition and all that is to me it doesn't make sense la. It's a bit like again the the whole thing of like uh yeah la, someone who is just a it's just a project manager la, a million dollar project yeah. manager that's it la.
0: No and it's a project manager that you know is not going to rock the boat, lah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is someone who, who is really part of the establishment and that I think is the, like, I think over, like, the past few days I was like, okay, ah, this thing is so complicated. Lah. But the moment I saw today that Kobun one is going to be a chairman, I was like, fuck this shit, you know, just fuck this shit. It's the same, Fucking bullshit. Um, and I think Sudhir, uh, uh, our guest, on one our most recent guest, wrote a very good article that I think he said has been read around 100,000 times already in the past few days. And he had this one line which I thought was was great. Like He said, you know, like uh, Ho Ching and other elites love to lecture ordinary Singaporeans about improving ourselves to face global talent competition. So when you think about global talent, right, mm. when you have a company that is in the media space that, that is facing a very tough time around the world, why Why are we not bringing someone or trying to find even someone within Singapore mm-hmm. who has the chops in media to, to fucking like do something to yeah. elevate or, or, or the whole SPH lah. Like Corpun yeah. Huan like, I don't even like, fuck hell yeah, like, is he, is he ever, like he said he has no media experience or something yeah. right?
1: He said don't digital media. So, but, but can we just uh, clarify lah la, yeah. for the sake of the lay person. What do you mean by having chops in media? Like, can YouTuber do or not? That's why... I think no that's la, a good question. No, so what do you mean chops in media?
0: No, like so, chops would be maybe someone who... Um, with more experience in, in an equally sized newspaper. I mean, mm. because, okay, yeah, Singapore is the... Yeah, SPH is the biggest uh, print media in Singapore. But ultimately, our population is only 5 million, right? You have mm. so many countries where you have newspapers that publish daily for populations that are huge, right? Mm, mm. And there are so many people with that sort of experience. So many people from companies or media companies around the world that have managed to turn themselves around, mm. uh, uh, either being getting a big investor that helped them retain some sort of editorial freedom. I mean, you can argue Washington Post, is it still free from um, influence from Jeff Bezos? I don't know, but The Guardian, for example, they, they adopt the not-for-profit model, but I think mm. their values are very, very aligned with the trust that funds them like, about yeah. editorial freedom. So it just feels like, okay, yeah, you, I mean, you hear that rhetoric a lot, right? That, you know, Singaporeans are no longer competing with just Singaporeans or people in Singapore. You're competing mm. with the world. You know mm. uh, Your job is up for grabs By anyone in the world So mm. okay fine Then for a job like this Shouldn't we also b- Think about bringing in Someone who has the A lot more experience In this area la?
1: Mm. I mean Probably there is some uh, Element of Given that it's the National newspaper And politics yeah. is involved That they, 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 It might need to have uh, it, it might have, need to be Singaporean la. I think as Warren Basically said you know, this is Singapore uh, news f- by Singaporeans for Singaporeans, la, Essentially, he said yeah. in his speech. La. So I, I think getting a foreigner it would be a very tough sell. Uh, but mm. at the same time, I think the very least you would need is to someone who has had some kind of experience in in media or journalism, whether it's the broadcast side or the the like, literally being on the uh, a journalist or something, right? Who understands the how a newsroom works uh, and the, the the economics of a newsroom and things like that. Of course because all these things can be can be can be learned in theory, but you know, just on the ground and, and understanding it is a whole different thing. Uh. And and mm. I think even journalists themselves are struggling with the di- the the switch to digital, right? And, and yeah. so, so oh, yeah if you even if you told me you're someone who's an expert in like digital, like you know, like uh someone who who, who to understands like uh, who funded mothership for example or something like that like Giorgio yeah. right then that, that to me yeah, like, okay yeah. la, I would I would totally buy that because he he would understand what that transition means la. but yeah lah to yeah. be someone whose last post was essentially minister of transport and it was That's basically right, like basically taking the bullets for for a very very <laughs> bad run under Desmond Quake uh, I mean, it kind of I mean, reminds like, me I, of what the situation is now lah right
0: yeah I mean honestly even if they got a younger Leader from the establishment, I will be more encouraged. Like I, it almost feels like you can imagine when Cobunwan's first day, they have to explain to him, okay, you know, there's this thing called TikTok, okay, <laughs> um, TikTok is this this platform that has you know you can do thirty one like thirty second to one minute videos, and then there's this thing called NFTs, you know. I mean, no disrespect to him, maybe he knows, maybe he but has it a just TikTok feels thing. like. Yeah, maybe has a TikTok. Like, oh my God. And and that's where I guess it, it just feels... Like, okay, so even from my own personal experience working at SIA last time, right, um, mm-hmm. the, the CEO of SIA uh, when I joined in 2009 was was one person and then 2010, I think it changed to the next person. Mm-hmm. But there was a deputy CEO who was a ex-general from the army. La. Mm-hmm. Um, and aviation is also an industry similar to media where it is its own universe, la, right? Yep, and yep. what... Even though I didn't fit in with the culture of SIA, what I respected about them, right, was even though the general was there, he was second in command. And even in the meetings, when it came to the hardcore questions about aviation and all, right, he was not the guy. Mm -hmm. And I think he knew that. And -hmm. he was totally fine with that. The CEO was someone who who had been in aviation for 30 years, you know, knows Mm -hmm. inside out. And, and that's what I respected about the SIA, la, because they knew that if you want to be fucking a, a, a world-class company, you need people who know the industry. Mm. Sure, you can put a general in, but he can be in charge of ops, for example, you know. Mm. And I think that, that worked out well, la, and I respect the general for knowing that, okay, when it comes to aviation, you can offer input, but but you, you can't... You, it's it's tough to be the decision maker la, because mm. there are so many people out there who are equally brilliant with experience la, and yeah. it just feels like with this SPH thing and CLG like oh lao, eh. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, la yeah yeah it's uh, a <laughs> oh fucks, I mean, yeah
1: at least at least Corbun one memes will come back again la. I, mean,
0: <laughs> I mean at least he has he has a lookalike in media lah so maybe I don't know maybe right, that's right. something there what's yeah. his lookalike what's the name of his lookalike Henry, Henry
1: Tia the actor Henry Tia
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hui yeah but um yeah, you know, yeah I mean yeah
1: uh, it's it's, it's a yeah I guess for anyone who who grew up before the digital era era it's a very big it's a very it's a huge announcement like the fact that you know our newspaper essentially has uh is throwing in a towel in terms of trying to make make money the traditional way right um, yeah so so it yeah. is trying to. It's a wake-up call la, that, that yeah, la, this this print media thing might not last for much longer.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, we'll wait and see if there's more uh interesting developments. Like We'll find out. Let's f- I think the next interesting thing is really how much the
0: government is going to fund the Straits Times, like, right? Yeah, because admittedly, this whole thing has not been approved by the SPH shareholders, la, right? Yeah, the, Yeah, correct, correct, yep. Yeah, it has not been approved yet. So, a lot of this is still okay. Mm. Uh, Once approved, then it kicks in. But, I don't know, who knows? Like, every day so far, there's been some new thing, new development in this. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah, I can't wait for another press conference with Ngatun. Yeah, I think, I guess the good thing is I learned a new word. I never heard of the word Umbridge before. Mm. Never, ever fucking heard the word. Yeah, but
1: I'm quite glad that all Singaporeans got, like, uh, almost, I, I would say... Quite, like probably 80% were all quite like pissed mm. off or riled up by this by this uh this paper generals behavior like right you show eighty
0: percent or not? Uh you no, to take just from take a UGA
1: survey or not? Just from my my own my own uh uh just asking around la, to people and just being around mm. uh, different types of people the last few days like right uh mm-hmm. you know it, it, it does feel like I think most people are quite uh turned off by his behavior. La. Not saying that he did yeah, anything yeah. morally or ethically wrong, but it's just like a huge turn off. La.
0: Yeah, even Shamogan came out and said, man. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm I'm quite glad the way that, that we all recognize uh boorish, uh very Trumpian kind of behavior and we're not we're not we're not fans of it. La.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Which actually brings us to our next topic as well on Singaporeans. Uh, collectively and decisively acting against uh, uh, bad behavior from a, a seeming uh, what well, I assume is a foreigner. Right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So what was the big this incident that we're talking about? Unless you got something else to add on about the, the no, SPH no. thing.
0: Yeah. No, no. Okay. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Cool,
1: cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, what, yeah what was so, it that happened?
0: So what happened was there was um this Caucasian man who boarded the train at Ju-Kun, I believe, Mm. um, on the evening of 7th May, um, and the train was heading towards Red Hill, and he was very adamant about not wearing a mask. Mm. So, someone took a video of him um, and the people around him who tried to convince him to wear a mask, But um, yeah, it was interesting because it wasn't a heated discussion. Mm. Um, He was just very calmly explaining why he will never wear a mask Mm. uh, and that he's very religious, he loves human beings and hates seeing uh, uncles with masks on. Mm. And I think what riled the other passengers up was that he was trying to convince another uncle to take off his mask Mm, mm, mm. or something like that, right? And and I think he refused
1: to put on a mask even when offered a free one.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And then he sat down next to a woman who, who who got up um and it was just it was just weird because you know we've seen videos of like the other people freaking out in public and like lashing out at safety distance, uh safety distancing ambassadors and all yeah, that. But yeah. this guy was relatively calm, right? Yeah.
1: And the, the people talking to him were also quite calm, other than taking his video, like right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But 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 so so what was your original thoughts when you saw the video? No, I mean um it reminded me a lot of my experience
1: with that that one cyclist at East Coast Park, you know, who ran up to me and, and like uh was like wanted to pick a fight with me and my family because we <laughs> yeah, yeah. we had our dogs on the bench and everything la. um Yeah,
0: but that one that one he was violent, like right? No, he wasn't this violent. Was calm, he was
1: very he wasn't violent, but he was like almost like raising his voice and like just being in my face and all that lah. So, yeah, yeah, so my response to him back then was to just like, uh, okay, I mean, I, I don't know why you need to, to be so aggressive for that, but you can, let's sit down and have a talk about it, you know, mm. and, and, and and then he sat down, he said that, oh, you know, in this COVID times, like dogs, dogs are very unhygienic and stuff like that, and they might pass the disease. Obviously, now we know that dogs are not the problem, obviously, when it comes to COVID, so, it's more humans lah, right? yeah it's more humans so him sitting down with me is worse than, than the dogs doing anything lah, right? <laughs> mm. um, but yeah so it, it's just that kind of situation where then, then I think when I when I mentioned how I reacted to it a lot of people were like wow you know I, I'm not tooting my own horn but I was also quite surprised that a lot of people were like oh wow you know the, the way you responded to that that is like it's very um, yeah it's so difficult you know nowadays people lose their temper or that. but when I saw how Singaporeans were reacting to this fella you know, uh, in the MRT, I was like, oh, that's quite a pleasant surprise that, that people weren't running up to punch him or anything like that or calling him like uh, racist names or anything. I mean, they took his video all, la, but they were trying to convince mm. him and trying to, they were offering him a free mask or so, you know, to just get him yeah. to, to comply to laws and all. La. Um, and subsequently, he got arrested because he still refused to wear a mask. But if imagine if he did wear the mask and everything uh he probably yeah then pr- nothing would have happened to him la, Right, he would have been saved yeah. from this embarrassment la, essentially
0: yeah yeah so, so but actually but i thought oh, singaporeans
1: not bad like, at least we we know how to you know uh try to to talk some sense into people la.
0: no but the thing is what what i found interesting is okay um this one yeah, it's true. It was it was calm. It was composed. And mm-hmm. at the end, he got arrested for yeah, like doing something that's illegal. But I don't know whether it was just me or like th- this weekend felt like there were a lot of incidents of people shouting at other people in public. Correct, so there yeah. was one case of that group uh, at Laopasad shouting at a safety imbe- uh, distancing ambassador. Correct. There was this Singaporean Indian guy who was shouting at a Indian expat Uh, Indian family then it felt like no there's uh, one more there's one more I think
1: Lee Senlong just posted something on his Facebook an hour ago uh. about a lady who got kicked oh uh, kicked because she was brisk walking without her mask on and then
0: some some young
1: dude went to kick her and then call her racist slurs yeah yeah
0: yeah, that's why. So why. Yeah. I mean, like, that's why when you said, "Oh, you know, it's it's good to talk because you know it was calm and composed," yeah. and I could see you thinking, "You know, maybe there's hope for Singapore." You know, <laughs> I love my country. You know, then I'm like, "Dude, wake the fuck up, man!" <laughs> you yeah. look at this, it's almost like this was one step forward, okay, but we just took like three, four steps back because it was insane, man. Like the, yeah. the kind of shit going on.
1: But but you gotta right. remember that that is a is a quite a stressful period of change for a lot of people, lah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as it's just announcements And some people are, A lot of us are also Not affected that much Because uh, we've mostly been Working from home already or, or, yeah. or you know Our officers have been taking The necessary precautions So we might not feel the impact But I think you have a First hand view of like What's happening to To like gym and yoga instructors And
0: all right well, Yeah what, because what, my what it a feel? yoga instructor Yeah so what's so, what the situation I mean, like she found out last week that, okay, her studio has to stop all uh, live classes. That means in studio and do everything online, mm. uh, either online or outdoors, mm. which I mean, thankfully her studio already had outdoor permits uh, for, for some classes they were starting. So they already had permits, but there was a long list of studios who were clamoring for permits to mm. do outdoor classes. Mm. And then to do live streaming, I mean the thing, I think people go to classes because they enjoy doing something together with other people and live stream mm. classes, it's tough for the instructor, it's tougher for the students. Yeah. So, yeah, immediately her, the number of classes for her per week got reduced and then I think there was a lot of pushback and then over the weekend, uh, she heard that, okay, her studios might be opening. So, again, they have to adapt and then now I think it's confirmed that Wednesday her studio will be opening. So, it's just like, it's so much flux and, mm. yeah, it's very unsettling. Yeah. Uh, and then I think yeah. I've heard
1: of like, yeah, a lot of personal fitness instructors, uh, overnight they basically have lost the whole month's income. Uh, you know, yeah. so and then a lot of people who, who rely on going to a gym or pay for a gym to go and exercise, they suddenly have to, you know, go the decathlon and buy buy exercise gear. Not 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 that it's a huge deal, but but yeah, la, generally that there, there are some uh there are people or segments of society that are very, very distressed by this by this new development in the last few days. La. So uh, mm. the fact that it happened over Friday to Saturday and the fact that definitely some people also are not 100% sure of what the new rules are and the fact that the numbers of COVID cases being imported and all that have... have uh, and looking at India right now, like the situation in India also, uh, people feel a bit scared. So I, I can understand why there is some angst or some uh, general like hysteria in the population. lah. Uh, mm. no, not that I'm excusing racist behaviour or anything like that but but I think I'm just going back to your question about how come like, so many people were like, so enraged these few days uh, there could be a reason like they could have lost a whole month's income you know things like that
0: mm. right. and and I think I think the one at La- Laupasar and some other restaurants I think that whole thing about moving from a group of eight people you can you know you can eat together to five. Yeah. I'm sure there were a lot of bookings especially for Mother's Day that yeah. you know maybe you had two groups or something then suddenly you cannot and I think the FMB establishments were a lot stricter um, so so yeah it's just a, a tense time but but I mean I'm still surprised by your reaction because because the gentleman mm. in the video also seemed to be wearing like tight spandex <laughs> and yet you did not get triggered. But he was not I on a bicycle.
1: Understand. He was not on a bicycle. It's different. That's true. That's true. <laughs> he could be just going running in ultra, uh, like ultra marathon or something, right?
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah, he, or maybe you're not. changing. Maybe you're no, changing, no, 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 changing no, no. right? I did. I did, a, I did look up. I, like, I actually
1: did look at what he was wearing to see if he was like one of those But But he's taking MRT. He's taking MRT like any other Singaporean person does. Like you know, <laughs> he's not like he was speeding ahead. Yeah, he's not like cutting he's, cue or anything. Or being a fucking asshole, <laughs> like all these spandex cyclists. <laughs> huh?
0: No, okay. So, you know, I was thinking today, cause I saw another video of the CCTV of this woman who had a dog and the dog just took a poop outside and it carried on walking. Then I was thinking, you know, for every time you say like this, oh, all spandex wearing cyclists are assholes. Mm. I'm going to just say, yeah, all dog owners are assholes and then see how you feel. Mm. Because some dog owners are assholes, yeah. not all of them.
1: I mean, I would actually venture to say that... Uh, majority of dog owners are quite, uh, quite bad. La. Oh, is it? <laughs> so I'm actually more in agreement with you than you think, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> really? I, I mean, I, I, I enjoy uh. dogs, but the owners of dogs, uh, unfortunately, uh, again, another another whole, yeah, another special breed. La. Excuse mm, the pun. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think, I think what made me think about it was like, I was, I was yesterday, I just saw along East Coast Road, like, I mean, the 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 pathways in front of the shop directly where everybody walks. Some guy was walking with his dog who was very active, like, And I'm like, mm. there's a pathway like right outside, which is not the main pathway. Can't you can't you walk there? Because I can imagine people like not everybody loves dogs, like Some people mm. are anxious, and and I've seen that kind of behavior, and they're always like, dude. I mean. They never oh, talk huh, like, to him they never talked to him nicely and he actually, was on the other side of the road he was oh, on the other oh, side of the oh, road I, see, I, see. I was waiting for the bus oh, so you uh, are you're yeah. thinking
1: you were thinking on behalf of all the imaginary people
0: walking on the other side of the road uh? yes 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 i know we've <laughs> had this discussion before <laughs> but but if i was there i also would be like dude um okay la like, i also i just want to i mean sometimes i also get a little if the dog is very anxious yeah. I also like okay I get a bit of Getting used to. Yeah, but but so so then I was like, I have to bring this up. I have to bring this know. up to Terrence. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: But but the, the, one, mm. the one thing was that this guy in this video, he wasn't, mm. he didn't seem like he was crazy or anything, like, right? In fact, he seemed mm. quite articulate mm. and he seemed to be talking about a range of issues and stuff like that, like, that sometimes yeah. you hear conspiracy theories talk about. But he's not crazy. And I just wanted to yeah. ask do you personally know anyone who is like anti mask wearing or anti vaccine? And and, and uh, yeah, someone you know no la like not not like you okay. heard of.
0: Not no no. I know by association la, but not a not a close friend or, or anything. But I've been in the presence of that person multiple times where they kind of explain why they don't understand all these regulations and how COVID is fake and is a man made thing. Mm-hmm. So then what, what like, is the psyche uh,
1: what's the psyche behind it? Can you explain a little bit what you think is going on? Why are they like that,
0: Um I think because this person is also older so spends a lot of time on WhatsApp and I think has a general uh, distaste for the establishment. Mm. Um, yeah, and and I think that is the root cause of it. Like. So, uh, whenever there's there's adv- advice or guidelines coming from the establishment, there's a natural defensiveness. Like. Mm. And then you look for explanations online and then you get self-stuff from your friends who are Similarly, of age and not the most discerning of what is real, what is fake news, and all that. And I think slowly over time, you really build, you you buy into it, mm, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's almost like you can't like. It's very hard to kind of even explain your perspective to them because it's like just like how you can't understand them. I don't think they can understand you, mm,
1: mm, Correct. Correct. Yeah, I think I think the uh, yeah. same thing. Other, I think the one or two people I know. It really stems from you, and it's something that you you can see years ago, Before these people became adults or anything like that, and then oh they, really, yeah. As in, as in when they were like younger and all, they always had a distaste for for institutions or establishment, establishment views or anything that anyone says is uh the general public likes or doesn't like uh, likes or doesn't like. They will try to go against it, or not, you know. Saying that they are mm-hmm. smarter than that and all that. You know, and then um yeah, it just it just sort of like snowballs and snowballs and, and like you say, la, they they pick and choose what they watch, read and watch. And uh yeah, they they just I mean the it's it's impossible to argue because it comes from a place of like uh oh you even if you provide evidence, they'll say that the evidence was created for people like you, la, like, you know, who are so yeah, easily yeah, exactly susceptible to it and all that. So um yeah, it's such it's, it's kind of like watching a slow motion train wreck. Uh. like like bit by mm. bit you see their psyche slowly giving up giving into crazier and crazier conspiracy theories about everything uh, when it comes to first first at first it's about um you know uh, eating meat and then after that it's about drinking coffee and the next thing is about masks then it's about vaccines and all these kind of things like uh, and these are normal functioning people with families and kids and daughters and sons and daughters so, so it also makes you like kind of scared like, oh you know, if their kid has,
0: really gets COVID or some shit like that like what would they do la, right, you know. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> who knows? Maybe they are having a podcast just talking about <laughs> uh you, you know, saying you know it's a really a train wreck in slow motion la. you know he invited yeah. Siashwe on his podcast yeah and then it's just it's just you can you feel they feel bad for for you and me la, you know just being of liberal. Uh, adopting all these liberal views and all that. No,
1: liberal. We are, we are fucking, we are fucking brainwashed. We're brainwashed.
0: Yeah, brainwashed. Yeah. Brainwashed by the, the leftists. Yeah. The liberal left. La, the liberal left.
1: Every day eating McDonald's and poisoning your bodies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this why. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <This> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that guy... That's why the guy in the video, I mean, I'm like... he he. He's a bit different from the sovereign lady. Like the sovereign lady, yeah. that one was a bit like... Uh, the one, was, she was talking about a whole other political system. But this guy... <laughs> like it seems like he
0: has a, a wide range of views on different topics I just yeah, wonder I mean, what is his standard he's obviously foreign la, right? so that means mm. he came to Singapore and I mean I would imagine he has a, a, a maybe a white collar job or or, or something mm. so I'm just curious like hmm okay okay that's, that's interesting mm. that's interesting and he's arrested so yeah. he's gonna be charged but yeah, guess but so far, there hasn't been much news. He hasn't been doxxed yet. Uh.
1: No, he hasn't been. But right. I, yeah, because he was so calm. You see, he wasn't being such a huge asshole about it other than refusing to obey the law, right? Which That's interesting.
0: Uh, he hasn't been doxxed yet. Because yeah, I know... Like, people know he's angry. Huh?
1: They know as angry about him.
0: Yeah, that sovereign lady, like, immediately, or like the other lady at the shopping center back last year or something, immediately kind of doxxed. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Huh, that's interesting.
0: Uh. I think... Yeah, because...
1: I guess because the guy, yeah, la, the guy was a bit calmer or something. But but in, yeah, la, I mean, I can totally get the Caucasian man who, who is angry that he has to wear mask because he wants to be drinking beer on a on a Tuesday afternoon with his friends at the club. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah, correct, correct, That, correct, that yeah, Caucasian yeah. man, this Caucasian man, I'm like, who? What? What? What's the story yeah. behind him?
0: <laughs> he he, in fact, said, you know, he he feels he he hates seeing uncles. Wearing masks. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he said something like that. And you're like, wow shit, he's using Singaporean language. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But like that that is also kind of weird, right? Like if he's calmly being uh anti establishment, right? Like, anti establishment, it's a lot more palatable than being like hysterical. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, people don't dox you as, wow. as much. Uh. Yeah, they don't dox you. Yeah. Interesting. Now the MRT also a hotbed for all this crazy shit, huh? Uh what was the last week? Last one? week there was that. Oh, the, the lady the, taking a video the hua chung, of the hua
1: lady. Yeah, yeah the Hwa lady.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 correct, correct. Yeah, Interesting, huh, Singapore? Correct, mm, correct, correct. Interesting, uh? Cool. Mm, cool. Alright, cool. Um, I guess that that's the hottest news that was on my on our minds yesterday uh, the past few days. Mm. Uh, which brings us now to the next segment, which is our sh- one short comment of the week. Yes. Our past few days. Yeah. Uh, Do you
1: have a. I don't have a particular comment, but uh, I think I was very happy that I, I saw two Yalabat listeners at. The, I'm bummed the two Yalabat listeners who came to our comedy show on Friday. I think yeah. Friday night, uh, mm. and they have messaged us on on uh, Instagram before. I think it's Dasha and Dasha and uh, Joshua. So mm. I, I mentioned grab. A, I, I mentioned grab a selfie
0: of them. Uh, in the car park of all places. No, and but you the, must tell the story. Like they shouted your name, right? And then if for a moment you were a little. No, oh yeah, of course I was just
1: going, yeah. going to the car park,
0: and then suddenly they were, hey, there, 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 I was like, oh,
1: like well, Who, who is it? Because this was like uh, quite a while after the show ended already, lah, right? Because yeah, we usually yeah. don't, we usually hang out for a while backstage, you know. Then they're like, yeah. oh, then they identified themselves, yeah, as 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 uh two of our two huge. Listeners of the podcast and they had messaged us before. And I, I, I do remember them messaging us and because she tells me this very specific story about how she introduced her boyfriend to Yal, but now he's a bigger fan than she is of, oh of the podcast. La, so uh They're Yeah, shout, uh, shout out to them for, for, for taking the chance to also check out our comedy show and
0: hope hope yeah. they enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um my con- my one show comment is from I am butak Mm. Uh, and he or she says, "says or she says, folks, would you be posting vids of your stand-ups or even an audio version? Would love to listen, watch, even if you charge for it." Mm. Um, so I mean, we are like uh, the audience was not allowed to take videos, uh, and and rightly so, like, I guess, for comedy shows. I think generally the the modus operandi is for audience members not to take videos, mm. but uh, I think there might be a video out there we might be able to get our hands on that was taken by the organisers. We can't guarantee it, mm. but um, it might be there. Um, and and I guess, yeah, it was interesting when they, when uh, he, like the commenter suggested um, charging for it or something because, I mean, yeah, I mean, right now, there's a lot of things that we are also considering about other ways to, to upload more content. Oh, yeah, shout out to 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 uh, Terrence for editing our first Yallabad video. Mm, right. It's mm. our first Yallabad podcast video, right?
1: Mm, yes, that's right.
0: Yeah. We have a we yeah, we started a YouTube channel, guys. Yes. Uh given that that there were a lot of comments asking for videos. Uh and yeah, we, now we're gonna be uploading videos. And the first video podcast we uploaded was the one with Sudir. Yeah. Um, which we uploaded last week. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, actually fuck, we haven't announced it at all at uh, this podcast. We have a YouTube here, channel now. Are, yeah. <laughs> Check <laughs> us out on YouTube. Just look Check up Yallabutt. Yeah. Yeah, but one video about
1: Give us a bit of time to catch up with the the subsequent episodes as well, because I think we're just getting to the flow of things. And last week we had the live show and all. So uh, this week we should be uploading at least like three
0: episodes, I would think, of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. it's. It's its own YouTube channel, not just Ministry of Funny. It's a new YouTube channel, so please subscribe. Mm. Okay, wow. When was the last time we said that, man? Please yeah. subscribe to our YouTube channel, man. And the cool things we we've, we've got God about damn. I think
1: we've got a, at least like twenty subscribers already, just in this oh, is it? yeah, just in this couple oh of days oh just putting God. up there. So so there this is, is like, there is an audience for it for our our did,
0: podcast, ah. This is like back in 2011 when we first <laughs> uploaded our video of Ministry Funny, and we like whenever we hit like a milestone of 100 or 500 yeah. or a thousand subscribers, we would just take screenshots and send to each other. Yeah, no, so, well, I'm I'm nice. super excited for this this uh,
1: YouTube channel because video. it's like, uh, yeah, it really, you know, if if it allows you to watch and understand, you know, the people who are on the podcast better, whether it's uh, guests or even ourselves. Uh, you, yeah. know, you can pick and choose what you want to watch as well. You don't have to watch the full thing. You can jump ahead, you know, put timestamps, comments, engage with the, with the rest of the community as well. Uh, Timestamp oh, your right, most and interesting know, bits and
0: all that lah, right? I think there was someone who commented last time saying that uh, due to restrictions of sites at his or her workplace, they can't stream Spotify on their work laptop. Mm-hmm. But then now you can listen to our podcast on YouTube, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yo, yo. And see the amazing setup we have in our office uh. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're keeping it real okay? we're keeping it real we're focusing on the content not some fancy schmancy studio yeah but yeah as long as the sound is dope we're happy man yeah cool cool so, alright what is and your now, one shock thing of the week my one shock thing is as I was kind of uh, prepping for the stand up comedy show last week mm. um, I was just trying to to watch other comics I admire and and understand the breakdown of telling a joke on stage. And and I mean, I know a lot of people think uh, that stand-up comedians, if you're funny, you can be a stand-up comedian. Hell fucking no. Mm. It's like, yeah, if you have good ideas, you can write a script. Hell fucking no. There are, mm. there are certain structures. La. And there was this video by a Nerd Writer, mm. uh, which is a great YouTube channel. Uh, he does video essays. And he did a video call back in 2017, pre sexual harassment scandal Mm. uh he did a video about louis ck Mm. um when louis ck CK was at his prime and i mean love him or hate him louis ck in terms of his skills in telling a joke is fucking insane and uh, the nerd writer does a great job kind of breaking down just this one joke of louis ck and i think if you watch it you kind of have will have to appreciate stand-up comics even more because it sounds like it's purely like train of thought, you know, brain dump uh, stuff, but you can see the structure in his joke lah. Yeah. And it's fucking good. It's fucking yeah. great. Yeah.
1: I, I think definitely over the course of the uh, next few months, I, w- I will give a lot more shout outs to the local stand-up comedy scene lah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we s- can
0: get them on our podcast also lah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, I think yeah, my mind was also opened up about the possibilities of talking to these guys on our podcast and all lah. Mm, mm, because, um, mm. yeah my one shooting thing actually is uh, something that I haven't actually listened to in full but I've seen the highlights already uh, is uh, mm. Dave Chappelle on Joe Rogan's podcast mm, Joe Rogan mm, yeah mm, so mm. Uh, I mean I've, I've the highlights are uh, there are some interesting bits uh, they talk about Kevin Hart you know always uh, flossing showing off on Instagram uh, I mean they talk about uh, Elon Musk on hosting SNL and well, why and whether it was a big deal and things like that, so uh, yeah, it's I think anyone who loves the joe rogan show and 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 all that I think Dave Chappelle probably is a very interesting guest uh, i wanna mm. I wanna check it out also. and let me know if you all
0: do the same in the next few days mm-hmm. cool, 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 cool cool, 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 all right, all right, so so now now we should be back to regular programming. Mm. Um, and thank you so much for listening as always oh and if this podcast has brought you joy in some way or any other episode it'd be great if you could share it with at least one person
1: yes please do
0: yeah please do okay alright that's the end of our podcast it's ending now Uh, so if you carry on and listen to the next one it'll be a different episode cool